Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio Show. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio Show. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters Hello, hello, and welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio, brought to you by Wealthy Sisters Media Group, where we proudly promote positive people. You can visit us for all your branding and publishing needs at www.wealthysistersmedia.com. Again, that's Wealthy Sisters, S-I-S-T-A-S, media.com. Today's episode is sponsored by our dynamic partners, theherbs.com, with over 3 million sold and more than 10,000 testimonies worldwide, theherbs. Full Body Cleanse is the number one selling cleansing system online. And trust me, I promise you, it works. It helped to jumpstart my metabolism. I experienced so many positive results from it, from weight loss, inches in my weight and hips, and even helped to lower my blood pressure and also increase my energy so much more. So if you want to experience the same power of D-Herbs, I encourage you to go to dherbs.com right now. Call 866-4-D-Herbs or go to dherbs.com or call 866-4-D-Herbs and make sure you mention Wealthy Sisters for your discount. Here at Wealthy Sisters Radio, we believe in connecting businesses with people, stories, and music. And our purpose is twofold. First, we must make sure that we provide inspiration and encouragement to you, our dynamic listener, and also that practical knowledge that you can apply to your life and your business right now for that positive impact. And second, we make sure we always provide this platform to edify, promote, and acknowledge, and say thank you to the sisters for doing big things. I am Deborah Hartnett, and we are broadcasting live on your worldwide blog talk network here, and you can always find us right here at WealthySistersRadio.com. That's 24-7. We're available for you. And today is Tuesday, November 25th, 2014. Believe it. This is November 25th already. Wow. We are here at the close of this year. And I want to remind you that we are here every week at the same time, Tuesdays, 11 a.m. Eastern. So thank you so much for spreading the word. Well, today we have a very special edition of Wealthy Sisters Radio. Today we were uh, going to call this show as we do every year, our annual 
gratitude show right before Thanksgiving, as we know this is the time of the season time of the year where we want to make sure we mark gratitude. And there is so much that we have to be grateful for, so, so much. And I know even though sometimes we might see things that may not go the way that we want them to go, we always can find great things in everything. However, today, our show today, as as you know here at Wealthy Sisters Radio, we're all about the point of view, coming from that business perspective. That's why we talk about wellness, we talk about the mindset, and we talk about those different business and financial strategies and techniques, as I mentioned today, as in earlier on our purpose, and how we can improve ourselves as business owners. And we never really deal with any type of political issues at all because this is a business show. And, you know, we do have our nonpartisan organizations that we that lobby for women business rights, uh, women owner, women business owners rights, and, and so forth and there. But today, today is a very special show. We could not not have, and we would be missed not to take a special time to just kind of respond and allow you as dynamic listeners uh, an opportunity to to respond to the indictment on the no indictment rather in this Michael Brown case. Um, I have several experts on board. You know what we do every week. We bring experts powerful people, people who are well-documented in their fields. And today I am so thrilled and honored to have uh, not just an expert, but a very close friend of mine, Mr. Frank Phillips. Uh, Frank Phillips is a professor. He is doing some incredible things. He's former press secretary to Congresswoman Maxine Waters. He's in communications. He was of a communications there at the Pentagon, owns his own. PR firm, a business owner, done incredible things uh, here in the community and, and, and also abroad. And he is actually on with us live today, how about this, live today from his communications class. And we're thrilled to have he and his class on board uh, with us today. And we're also going to bring on our business strategy correspondent, Sharin Ross Ingram, uh, Esquire as well. She's going to be joining us from Chicago today. And also our brand strategist, who is um, Aurelia Mitchell-Durant uh, Esquire, who is an attorney as well. And, you know, she is our, our uh, brand and legal protection strategist here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. So it's going to be a great show. I encourage you to call in. Tell those right now the dial, 347 838 for this very special edition of Wealthy Sisters Radio. Again, that's 347-838-9278. Or you can always listen to this show live with us right now at WealthySistersRadio.com. That's WealthySistersRadio.com. And if you have to go and you missed part of the show, don't worry. You can find us at WealthySistersRadio.com. Also, we are available on iTunes right there for free. So I encourage you to go find us there and Wealthy Sisters, subscribe to us, follow us on Facebook, Look at Twitter, uh, the Wealthy Sisters, and make sure you join our mailing list so that you can stay abreast on the great information that we bring to you every week here. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll bring our guests on. And I, I'm telling you, this you I want you to make sure you get your your pens, pads ready because this is going to be a powerful, powerful show. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this short commercial break. Thank you so much for tuning in to Wealthy Sisters Radio. 
Does your home or office decor need a resurrection? Is there a special room of yours that says blah, blah, blah and is lacking inspiration? Then you need creative ways and solutions. We help you create feel-good spaces that are functional and beautiful at the same time. We are here to cater to you with an environmental and spiritually conscious flair. Both in-person and virtual interior design services are available. Visit us online at creativeways.com, spelled with a K, or call 888-280-8318 for a complimentary consultation. We create spaces that inspire you. Dream big financial freedom, lifestyle change, additional income, be your own boss. If this is the life you've dreamed of, Tracy Lynn Fashion Jewelry is the business for you. This business is simple. If you can wear the jewelry, you can sell the jewelry. I've earned a $10,000 bonus check. I'm able to earn $600 to $800 per show and more. Visit TracyLynnJewelry.com and remember, behind every great woman are more great women. We are live back here on Sisters Radio. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host, and we are broadcasting live right here on the Blog Talk Network. Thank you so much for tuning in to us. You know, this was supposed to be our very special gratitude show, as we always have this show every year, as we've been doing it now for the past five years, uh, right before Thanksgiving. But today, our show, we're taking time out uh, to discuss the strategies of communications, the power for strategic communication, and building strategies that we've just seen in response to the no indictment to the case here with Michael Brown, and I have very a very, very good friend and dynamic professional, uh, Mr. Frank Phillips on the line with us today. He is broadcasting with us from his communications class. Uh, Frank Phillips, are you there, sir? Uh, yes, we are, Deborah. We're here, and my class is here just uh, awaiting uh, your prompt so we can engage you and your audience. Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much. I definitely want to say thank you to the students for allowing us to uh, this very special time today and to share this space and time with us uh, here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. And uh, if you will, uh, Frank Phillips, Professor Phillips, we'll call you Professor Phillips since you're there in your classroom, definitely want to give you that honor there. If you will, just give our audience a little quick background on your career so that they can they can know uh, the, the actual importance of being able to hear what you have to say today. Well, Deborah, as you know, um, I have a significant military background that focuses on communication. I served as a uh, as the chief of the Army News Service, which is a equivalent to the AP service or Reuters, but for the military. Uh, from there, I went on to take over as the civilian aides chief for the Secretary of the Army, I wrote and engaged significant uh, opinion leaders throughout the country. Uh, after that, I took over as the chief, uh, as one of the key Army spokespersons on a variety of different issues. And from there, I went on to take over as the chief public affairs strategist and communicator for the 2nd Infantry Division in Korea. I returned, took over as a senior professor at the Defense Information School, which is the premier school that we train uh, both national and international officers, officers that focus in the practice of public relations and broadcasting and journalism. From there, I retired, started a business called Phillips Hosts and Allen Public Relations Consulting, which is a full-service public relations firm, 
And uh, in the midst of that, I got called on to Capitol Hill to work with the Honorable Congresswoman Maxine Waters, a great opportunity to work with her, with a great uh, leader in our community, and uh, went back into the business. And uh, eventually, I went on to pursue my passion as a professor of communications at uh, Prince George's Community College, as well as a few other colleges throughout the uh, Washington, D.C. area, to include the University of Maryland, uh, Bowie State University, and a host of other community colleges in the area. And that's basically me in a nutshell. Wow. Well, I, I just really wanted our audience to know um, your background so that they can know that today when we talk about the power of strategic communications, that you definitely know what you talk about or are talking about. Now, when we look at this, this whole um, case today, we really want to take it from the communications and the strategic um, obvious strategic planning, and they had time, we'll get into that later in the show today, of this whole strategy and the importance of having um, strategic communications in place. Why don't you share with us, you know, your whole uh, professional uh, opinion or approach around how this played out and what we can do uh, in our lives today and in our, our businesses as well. Okay, if I if I could, let me just kind of frame what uh, strategic communications from a public relations perspective is. And when we whenever we look at a problem, regardless if it's a problem with uh, that's occurring in Ferguson or it's a problem that occurs within our communities or a problem that occurs in business, we look at it from a problem, and we try to look at the organization itself. The organization represents the United States or the culture that we find ourselves in. We look at the audiences that are influenced by that culture. And we try to communicate to them in a variety of different uh, venues. That could be the media. Uh, from there, we come up with very clear messaging that's targeted to each cultural group or each public. And those messages are transferred down, and the, successful, the success that we have in transmitting those messages to the public will determine the success of our campaign. Now, let's really get to the heart of, uh, if, if you all follow me, let's get to the heart of what's really operating here in Ferguson. Uh, we have a couple of theories that really resonate with me when I look at Fer Ferguson. I look at cultural mm -hmm. framing theory, and I also look at agenda-setting theory. Okay. When okay. we look at cultures, we say that, for the most part, uh, every strategy is going to have to be influenced by culture. And we have a multicultural platform here in America. But, mm -hmm. of course, we have a social hegemony. We have a dominant culture. And that strategy is going to reflect the dominant culture, not necessarily cultures that are outside of dominant culture. How does that get shaped? How do these dominant cultures uh, get their messages shaped? Well, they get shaped in the media because the media has a very significant role in agenda setting. And if you look at the case, the issue with uh, what uh, Ferguson is all about, let's go back to what agenda setting is. Agenda setting uh, was probably a theory that was developed way back in 1922 by a, a, a media expert by the name of Walter Lippmann. And Lippmann said that uh, he, he surmised that uh, the media had a very significant power in shaping the opinions of Americans. That mm -hmm. was further tested in... Uh, probably in about 1976, around that time frame, where you had two researchers, McComb and Shaw, who looked at three presidential campaigns, 68, 72, and 76. And what they wanted to try to do was to assess two variables that operated in 
media campaigns. One was awareness and the other was information. They wanted to see how well the media influenced our opinions. And what they okay. found was that the media d- does have a strong relationship and they ex- they exert a significant influence on people. And what they do, the assumptions are that the press doesn't necessarily reflect the truth, but what they do is filter it and shape the truth in the way that they see fit. And that's mm. usually going to be based on the cultural hegemony at that particular time or the culture that's dominant at that particular time. Let's take um, let's take the Ferguson issue. If you ask two different cultural two different cultures about what they think about Ferguson, I would say that they have been established by some kind of media agenda. Let's take right, and you get differences, I'm sure, differences, opinions yes, on what exactly. you see based you on the differences in the that, culture. That, mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. find those that f- focus mainly on getting their news from, let's say, a station like Fox News, they may have a totally different opinion of what Ferguson is happening, and you may find those that get their information from CNN may have a completely different view. Now, right. uh, anecdotally, this morning I was on uh, one of my social media sites and one of my old Army colleagues had made some comments about uh, the Ferguson issue. And I noticed that there was some stark differences between his opinion of Ferguson and my opinion of Ferguson. So I, I, I had to kind of weigh in there because there was just one group that seemed to be of a certain mindset and they didn't have all of the information that I thought was necessary to make a very wise decision on the Ferguson case. So I, I gave my opinion. But at the same time, I understood that my opinion was based on what my knowledge was of the situation, based on how I, I was fed by my media sources and by my experiences, and likewise mm-hmm. for my colleagues. So mm-hmm. those are the kind of things that help frame those particular issues. Now, if I was to ask my students um, what impression they have of what occurred in, 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 in the media, I'm sure that they would have a different opinion than, say, me or, say, some other uh, folks there online, and that would be based on how they consume what types of media that they consume. And I'm glad you brought that up, too, because I do want to – I don't know if you had an opportunity um, to to kind of ask one of the students to speak on their opinion, but – it's interesting, even with when we look at today with our communication platforms, social media, we know being a dominant platform that has opened up um, the media to not just the who are behind the camera, but to regular people who would not necessarily have that opportunity to speak a voice. And even with that, there, there are uh, dy- dynamics or differences, even with age. And I know um, the younger population are use different platforms. They may be more into Tumblr or what have you. So I would love to to before we go, I would love to get that opinion or 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 um, from one of your students in, in as well in your class. Well, the opinion of how they view the Ferguson situation. Yes, how they how they view right, right, from from their perspective as well. Because I know it's as you're saying, it's it's differences in opinions and, and I don't want to interrupt you, but I just wanted to bring that point up as well. Yeah, I, I think I can uh, find one of my students. They seem they're very eager, very intelligent group of students, so I'm sure they they have some opinions on that. Yes, absolutely. Would you like to hear absolutely. from one right now? 
Sure. Why don't we go ahead and do that as a and take about two minutes and share just in light of what you said, uh, their opinion as well. Okay. Uh, I have Anaya. Would you would like to introduce yourself? And Hello, Anaya. Welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio. Thank you. Um, Speak into the phone, if you will, Naya. Come a little closer to the phone for us. We we don't want to miss what you have to say. Okay. I feel as though Ferguson is a very, you know, tragic situation. I feel very sad for his family members. But I feel like as black people in our community, we don't think about the political aspect. And Mm -hmm. I feel like if the people in Ferguson voted, then Darren Wilson's wouldn't be in the positions that they're in. So I feel mm-hmm. like we have to, like, vote, and we have to be aware of our political standing and economics and all that. And if we handle that aspect, then the social aspect will follow behind that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's not something that we'll be able to tackle in this decade, but it's something that we can work on, but if we cover the political aspect, I definitely feel like we'll be more efficient. Well, thank you, Anaya. That is a great point. Um, And we have talked about that a lot in in the conversations leading up to this show, the power of our vote and the importance of our vote. We just this uh, two weeks ago, was it now? It seems like two weeks ago with the election on the low turnout um, of voting as well. So that, that is a great point that we can control uh, what happens by our vote as well. Thank you so much, Anaya, for sharing that with us. Professor you know, what's, interesting, yes. what's mm-hmm. interesting in, in, in Anaya's, uh, Anaya's com- comment is that uh, what she speaks about is uh, some very interesting information there. Now, mm-hmm. had, had the media promoted that particular perspective, then mm-hmm. maybe uh, some of the riots may not have occurred. If you look mm-hmm. back at the research of the past where we talk about when people are dissatisfied with mainstream media, they always seek out other forms of media to get their information. And if we can mm-hmm. just be able to influence that media so that we can have these political perspectives and then move forward on those perspectives – and communicate those perspectives across the mainstream and also alternative media sources, I think the perspective that uh, Ania has has, uh, has put forth could come to reality or could come to fruition. I think that's a, that's a great proposition, but uh, it all has to do with how we receive and how we get that information. Many of us are influenced by the media. And if you look at one of the things that I that I found with that incident that happened yesterday, and I think the students and I kind of talked about this before that, uh, they, they almost gave the impression that they were somewhat suspect as to mm-hmm. the time of the release of the information. It was almost as if someone was being set up to mm-hmm. fulfill an agenda of protests, violent mm-hmm. protests, as opposed to peaceful mm-hmm. protests. There are different mm-hmm. types of strategies that one can fulfill in projecting the message. If I want to stimulate certain things, and I constantly proffer this particular perspective of, okay, there's something coming, there's something coming, and then I'm going to wait mm-hmm. till midnight or late in the evening mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, when there's probably a greater uh a great opportunity for someone to be violent as opposed to someone to be well-rested and to be well-thought-out in the morning and get that information 
forward. So some could have that about the timing and the strategy that was put forward. I can't speak on those particular strategies. I like to be somewhat objective, but I, I, I sense that if someone was looking at that particular perspective, they may get a disingenuous view of what really transpired in that. Okay, and you I have think, to understand the cultures that you're dealing with. Right, absolutely, and and that's what really sparked this entire show for me today. And I will say it, you know, it's obvious to me the way all of this has played out that it's important you know, as as we talk about it here on the on, on Wealthy Sisters Radio all the time. What is our strategy? And and we will have our uh, strategic correspondent come on, business strategist come on later, Sharon Ross Ingram, talking more about that. But it's obvious that the power in having a good strategy in place. Um, the whole amount of time from August to now, the, the everything with us not being privy to any real information to now, and and even like you said, how the announcement was made yesterday afternoon. Here comes the announcement, and then you wait to about four o'clock, three o'clock, and they say it was going to be in two hours. Then in two hours, they said it was going to be at nine o'clock Eastern time, rather. And this gentleman, he comes out and is way after nine o'clock Eastern time. So absolutely, I can see how the, the students would feel that way. And then when when you look at the entire scope of everything, how you, you're talking about how the media can help shape things and we can people can spin things to make it look anyway. I mean, just the fact that it was at night, we don't know, we really don't know who started those fires. We don't know, you know, there are so many different ways that people can benefit from things uh, when there's no one to no one finger to be pointed at. So absolutely, absolutely. Now, I know you were talking to us about the, the strategy and the theory of strategic influence and the dominant. I, I think we kind of broke up your flow there, and I do want you to continue on your point that you were you were making there, Professor Phillips. So if you could you could follow up where you were, that would be great. Okay. Uh one of the things that I, I, I think I was trying to allude to is really, mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't want to get too deep into into some of the theoretical perspectives, but what I want to do is kind of pick up on what Ania was saying, is the strategy mm -hmm. for the okay? Mm -hmm. uh, clearly, mm -hmm. we can't always trust a dominant media culture to get the news out there. But what I think is really needed is that there needs to be a youthful mobilization towards those efforts to kind of make some changes that need to be made. And that's one of the things that I try to uh, pass on to my students, that whatever the future holds, it's in their hands to make that change. So if there's some mm -hmm. positive things that need to take place, then they are the mm -hmm. ones, they are the influence. And as you can see uh, through the words of, of Ania, that we have some intelligent and bright students out there who are able to make changes to our world. And we have Absolutely. to make those changes one step at a time. We have to be our alternative media. We can no longer rely on the media to shape our understanding of the truth. That's the first thing, because we know that the media has really deviated from, I will tell you personally as a public relations journalist, professional, I can see a strong deviation from objective news reporting to almost a talk show type mentality where you have all of these uh, media types out there trying to get, to become the, the, the hot item out there. You, you see one young lady who has rocks thrown at her and she wants to stay in there. I, I guess it seems to suggest that 
she just wants to make herself seem like she's uh, an important figure in this in this dynamic instead of being objective and reporting what's going on there. So there's mm-hmm. there's a strong need for us to really come up and shape our plan, but I think that plan needs to be shaped by the youth. I think the older generation and some of our older institutions, unless we start getting some young people in them, I think they're starting to lose a lot more credibility. Uh, the Al right. Sharpens, uh, the Jesse Jacksons, and sometimes the NAACP may not have the fire that they once had or the credibility they once had with our youth. So it's going to take some of our youth to get out there and start mobilizing, mm-hmm. start getting some political power so that we could have the heft to make the real changes instead of burning and trashing our own neighborhoods out of frustration and hopeless, hopelessness. Right. And that's, a, right. that's right. a critical thing that happens in our neighborhood, and it's a critical thing that happens throughout the world. When you deprive a, per, a people of hope, then the only resource they have is a frustration that is usually manifested in violence against themselves, inward violence as opposed to outward action. And I think what we outward. need really is a perspective, a perspective toward uh, outward action, as uh, my student Ania has uh, illustrated in her conversations earlier. Well, absolutely. It brings hope, you know, to know that Ania and other students feel that way because when you look at when you talk about uh, the Jesse Jacksons and the Al Sharptons, well, let's, I've had – King um, and I've had I've had uh, Reverend Abernathy's daughters and and Hosea Williams' daughters who were right there and one of the key things we talked about was they were young they were young they were in their late teens early twenties being um, when the civil rights movement started and began so things have always any type of movement has always really it's the young, the youth are the ones who have to step up and who have stepped up to be leaders. So it is it is important that we bring that fact to our children and to the youth of today so that they can understand that this is the time for them to move forward in things uh, that we need to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I like to always think that I, have, I haven't been co-opted, but the ages and the years – allow you to feel a certain level of comfort that may mm-hmm. not uh, put you in the right position to want to protest, to want to buck mm-hmm. the status quo, to want to stop those dollars from flowing in. So the youth mm-hmm. have to take that time and, and really, uh, yeah, trust your elders. We have some good things to, to say, but don't put all your trust and hopes in, in us because we may have certain levels of, of, of uh, what can I call it, uh, Baggage, <laughs> blinders, yeah, filters that prohibit yeah. us yes, yeah, that's from right. being pure, as you know, to use one of your words that you use often, because we've had experiences that are that jade us, and we're we're more. Well, the older we get, you know, we, we take less risk. Right, we're comfortable. Right. We're not hungry. Right, you know? right, and, and, and that we, lack of hunger have more to also lose. eats at our fire. Right. Is absolutely, absolutely, and and so it's important. It is so important for um, us to be able to communicate that effectively as we talk about the power of strategic communications and where it actually going to have to stem from with our youth today. Absolutely. Well, Professor Phyllis, it has just been an honor to have you on our line today and to have your class uh, here joining us on our very special episode of Wealthy Sisters Radio today. (laughs) 
Great, great, I tell you. It, and and what what would you like to see our audience today, Professor Phillips, and in, in, in your class there, your communications class? What would I like to say to everyone? Is yes. that what you're in closing, yes. Yeah, so if you know what what would you like to to leave the listeners with today in closing? I guess the best thing that I could leave you with, I, I, I would just uh, continue to caveat or continue to, 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 to build on the conversation of my student, uh, Ania, who said that we have to get out there and mobilize politically so we can make the social changes that are needed for the future. That's what's mm-hmm. needed, and that's mm-hmm. what's needed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I want to put a charge out to your students there and for them to tweet this out and to – send it through Tom and, and, and all of their other friends to really have a serious conversation about boycotting this weekend, the whole Black Friday, because we know the power is in the purse. That's where it is, the economics. And, and when we look back at the history of the Montgomery boycott, the bus boycott, you know that was like four years, four or five years, I believe it was, that they boycotted the bus. And, you know, we've had conversations around that this, it, it, it can be a little bit more challenging for us today to talk about an economic boycott because we know what it is to have these things. It, during the 60s, we didn't know what it was to ride at the front of the bus. We, didn't, we weren't infiltrated in that or involved in any type of integration. It was segregated. But today, you know, I want to encourage and challenge the young people to say boycott. Forget the iPad that you've been looking at. I, I wanted some things this weekend as well, but let's stand strong and boycott and see what that makes. That makes a big difference because the purse does have the power. Outstanding, outstanding. Well, thank you for having us on there. We're very pleased to be a part of this conversation, and I'm sure my students will do their part in making their world a better place for the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Professor Phillips, and thank you so much to your class again. I tell you, you guys are tuning in to Wealthy Sisters Radio. Uh, We are here a very special segment here talking about the power of strategic communication and building a strategy as we are here in response to what we've just seen, the no indictment in the Michael Brown case. And, you know, here we always talk about business. We are business that's a business show business strategies we come from the holistic point of view but could not not share and have an opportunity for our business leaders to respond to what we've seen here and i'm going to take a short break and come back and i am thrilled to have our brand strategist our little correspondent here on with us, Aurelia Mitchell Durant. She's calling in from Atlanta. Uh, she's not feeling well today, but she had to come on, and she has a special segment that she's prepared for us today here as we talk about in the response to the Michael Brown case as well. So we'll take a break, bring uh, none other than Aurelia Mitchell Durant Esquire on the line with us. You are listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio. I'm Deborah Hartnett. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be right back after this break. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio Show. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters with Deborah Hartnett. com's full body cleanse works to naturally cleanse and detoxify the body to aid in weight release, enhancing the immune system, and increasing energy levels. 
The full body cleanse consists of the blood and lymphatic formula, cardiovascular, liver, spleen, and gallbladder, lungs and respiratory, kidneys, bladder, and adrenals, colon and digestive tract, and activated charcoal. When you cleanse your body, you open up the door to healing and rejuvenation. DHerbs.com Do you need a vacation? DDM Vacations and Global Travel International offers affordable vacations, cruises, getaways, all-inclusive resorts, honeymoon, family reunions, and more. We specialize in small to large groups, including sightseeing tours. Book your next vacation with DDM Vacation at 800-254-4493, PIN 6311665. Again, that's 800-254-4493, PIN 6311665. Or visit us at ddmvacations.globaltravel.com. Hello, we're live here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. Your host, Deborah Hartnett, and we're broadcasting on the Blog Talk Network. Thank you so much for tuning in to us. This was the very special gratitude show that we have every year before Thanksgiving. So we do want to make sure we take the time out to remind you to remember those things and to, to make that list as we kind of talked about a little bit last week, the importance of making that list of gratitude and how the power comes from being cognizant and reminded of what is working right life and in our business. As we know, a life of an entrepreneur can be extremely challenging, but you know what? If you were not made for this, you would be doing this. So that's why we're here every week for you. Make sure you tune in to us. You can catch this show and all of our other great shows, over five years of content at WealthySistersRadio.com. Well, I want to bring on our legal correspondent, Ms. Aurelia Mitchell Durant. Aurelia, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Deb. How you doing? Hello. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know we've talked about it. This is a very special episode that we are broadcasting live here uh, today. And normally our audience, I know they might be confused, like, wait a minute, Aurelia is on the first Tuesday of the month. But this, I know, Aurelia, you had, you produced this set for us that we're going to air here shortly. But you, you said you had to come on uh, the show today. So I just really want to just give you the opportunity to, to the floor to say what you wanted to say today. Well, I, I, I had to reach out. I'm not feeling too good. My head hurts, but my heart hurts more in the wake of the non-decision. And one of the things that I wanted to uh, I wanted to shout is, to, to make sure that people understand the process because I think that in the wake of the rioting and the vandalism, I think somehow um, the legal process has gotten lost in terms of, you know, what was required here was actually to return an indictment, but there's a lower standard for that. And so as people are upset, it's important to understand because the rule of law is in place. We live in a country that's governed by the rule of law and not necessarily by the rule of force. So the legal system is designed to be able to put in safeguards to protect, um, you know, people in the public. But in this instance, it, it appears that there has been some injustice but it's important to let the world know that the standard for an indictment for the grand jury is a lot less than it would be in a criminal case. So I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, at the very least, a return of an indictment would have probably been appropriate. 
but it's mm-hmm. important for people to understand why that didn't occur that way and what the mm-hmm. aftermath of that is and how do you go about changing that system of law so that this doesn't happen or is there is there a reason to change it? So I just out and kind of talk a little bit about that in terms of, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of uh, dissecting some of the protests about the mm-hmm. lack of a decision in this case. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's great to have that perspective um um from an attorney's perspective as well. So what 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 would you say to someone who's watching this, who's been watching it on the news and that they 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 might be reading some captions here online and they're just confused as to how this could actually happen? Well, in this particular case, there were four charges that that could have um uh, the officer could have faced. He could have faced first-degree murder, second-degree murder, voluntary manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter. The standard for the grand jury, there were 12 grand jurors that were convened. They listened to uh, weeks of testimony about what occurred, and they had to come to a conclusion that there was probable cause. So that's mm-hmm. a lot less than it would be in a criminal case. In a criminal case, it would have been beyond a reasonable doubt. So in that instance, only nine out of the 12 jurors that were convened had to see that there was probable cause. So all it took was a small number to have them to not be in a position to return a, a an indictment. And all the mm-hmm. indictment would have done in this instance is it would have meant that the officer would have been required to stand trial and he would have been charged with one of the four offenses. So, you know, from a legal standpoint, it's a lesser standard, which from a protest standpoint, it means that since it is a lesser standard and since it does not result in a criminal conviction, at the very least, give the opportunity of, uh, you know, allow the officer to stand trial for one of the crimes so that he can vindicate himself. Because even in this instance, even if the officer believed that he was under some imminent threat because the the, the results from the from the uh, the testimony um, was released from the officer, and one of the things that he said was that uh, you know he depicted Michael Brown as an imposing figure, and he he, he said he that he felt was like afraid a five year old. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so one of the one of the reasons that an officer can shoot is that he believes that. Others are in danger, or if he believes mm-hmm. that he himself is in danger. So his mm-hmm. testimony kind of went down the line of saying that he had justification for shooting Michael Brown. But mm-hmm. by returning an indictment, it would have allowed that to come forth in a court proceeding. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that's what, the, that's what the country needed. They needed to see the evidence being put on display in a public display as opposed to reading a transcript um, of mm-hmm. what happened. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think that ultimately that's the greatest injustice is that, you know, the public didn't get a chance to see this play out and weigh in on this. You know, even if it's just through social media, it just got released like boom, you know, and this is a transcript and this is it, you know. Yeah, the and final it was like, almost like when he was reading, it was like, what, wait, did he just – did he just give the, the the no no verdict no no indictment? Did he just say that? You know, it was it was all Absolutely. it was all in, intertwined, and that's 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 what I said at the top of this show, Aurelia. That you know what what really encouraged me, you know, caused me to respond 
uh, with the show today was it is it was obvious that they whether we support it or not. I'm just talking about the power of strategic planning, the power of strategic communication. Obvious that they took the time to strategically plan mm-hmm. and deliver every thing in in the way that it was handled on on yesterday as a result of these past three months do do, do you agree with that I, I certainly agree i mean the decision mm-hmm. to to wait until nightfall to mm-hmm. uh to make the announcement uh, kind of mm-hmm. you know leads down the line of of something that was uh, what else is happening behind that. the scenes right right that's right. right yeah that's right that's and, right that's you right. know that's right. I was reading a quote um, today from somebody on one of my social media networks, and, and mm-hmm. what he said was he said the fundamental danger in the non-indictment is not having more riots. It's having mm-hmm. more officers who um, commit crimes. And so, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things is, you know, the riots take um, – they're taking center stage right now, all the all the uh, the fighting and the vandalism mm-hmm. and the looting. Mm-hmm. That's taking mm-hmm. center stage, but that's what people that have been marginalized do. You know, mm-hmm. and marginalizing people means that they are rendered powerless, mm-hmm. unimportant. And that's mm-hmm. also one of the reasons why the voting, uh, the number of people that are voting in elections is low because there's a sense of apathy in the country of feeling like, you know, no matter what it we do, matter. it's not going right. to make a difference. You know, right, um, right, right, right. Yeah. And then the other point to that too is, you know, when we talk about strategies, uh, who knows who started those fires? Who started the violence? We don't know. I mean, uh-huh. people people do all types of things. You know, we don't know who started. We don't know, and it, it was very convenient, like you said, that it was at nighttime. You don't know who That's started right. it and for what reasons and how, what they could benefit economically from down the road, right. you know, as a That's result right. of something being burnt down. Come on, you That's understand right. what I'm saying, you know? I, I totally understand. And having totally someone understand. else pay for a repair you've been wanting to have done. I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know how this is, how this occurs, you know. Absolutely. But oftentimes. Absolutely. Um, as we talked about earlier with our guest Professor Phillips on the line, that that the that uh, things are framed any way we need them to be framed, and, and the media is powerful in, in, in that framing as well. Um, you know, right. we also talked about as uh, as well, and uh, Aurelian, we're going to let you go. I I know you just had a few minutes with us, and we appreciate you joining us. But just just the power of um, economics because you know is what I what is why I do what I do here and why I'm so involved in business why I love business but I really believe the the civil rights today the civil rights movement is an economic movement uh, and how we have to become more independent as business owners and is what you know what you talk about in in your segments as well mm-hmm. what would it look like? If we could come together this weekend, and I charged the students uh, in Professor Phillips' class, of which he was able to broadcast with us live from, to go on an economic boycott this weekend. This weekend, what statement mm-hmm. would that make? Because we know the power is in the purse. 
how what what type of brand statement would that make across the board? Well, I, I think that would be uh, a tremendous statement to make. Um, I mm-hmm. think that that certainly would um, give voice to people that don't feel like they have a voice because they're mm-hmm. you know they're using the economic voice because in actuality um, that that's the the strongest voice that we have because we you know we we're, the political voice i mean it, it gets uh crushed as we don't vote in elections um but mm-hmm. we sure do shop so you know mm-hmm. i mean it that's the voice that we have that and social media are the are mm-hmm. the, the the stars in our community right now and all that evidence is is people that are invisible people that don't feel like they can impact any other way so Mm-hmm. It's almost like mm-hmm. a like a, a kid that um you're not you know you're not paying attention to and the kids start cutting up in the back because they want want to get your attention. So if the only way and the preferred way is to stop spending, um is, is that going to be the way to get the impact? I think the only way that that has impact is if it catches fire, in mm-hmm. in, a, in a huge way, and that we can mm-hmm. see that um, it's tied to our sustainability, you know, and mm. I think that with any kind of movement, if a few people do it and the multitude don't, then um, we lose our effectiveness. And I think that in our in the community, there have been many instances where we've lost our effectiveness. So, I mean, I think that it, it certainly helps to gain that back, but we have to come at it from a serious standpoint and let the world know that we are unified in this, you know, because mm-hmm. um, that's where we're lacking, whereas in the with the civil rights movement, we were more unified because it was a matter of existence. I think that right. we see this as a matter of existence, meaning that, you know, if, if we as parents of, of young children see that this is, you know, it's necessary for us to get our voice back so that right. we can save our children, you know, because we, you know, we're, we're sending out a group of children into the world, the next generation, that thinks that the way that they communicate is through social media and not through direct communication. So, you know, we we have to kind of make it more of a necessity um, that we have a voice and kind of get rid of some of the ratchet dialogue that we've engaged mm-hmm. in because, you know, we can talk about an economic boycott, okay, and some of the adults, you know, can, can sign on to that and say that they're not shopping, but it's our young people, you know, that have to catch hold of that message and see it as a as a key to their future, you know. Right. And that takes weeks of dialogue. It takes more than just, you know, a couple of days of a Facebook post. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. 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 And, you know, we said that to the class when we put that challenge out there that the movement was, it was started with young people. That's, that's where it, we look at any type of movement. It is mostly young people. Uh, that That's actually right. start that, and 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 then too to that point, you know, I would love to see it, and I, I I would definitely promote it as well. But I also understand that if we know about something, it's much harder to pull back from it when we we yeah. are used to this comfort. Whereas when we look at the boycott, and let's say with the Montgomery boycott, which I needed to Google that, I think it was about four years. I'm trying to remember a four-year mm-hmm. time frame that people walked, they 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 carpooled, they did everything else, they did not ride the bus. Can you imagine that? Well, it, I think mm-hmm. it was much easier 
for them to do that because they had no idea of what it felt like to be at the front of the bus, and that was something they wanted to obtain. But now we're saying we're asking and expecting people who are comfortable and have no idea what it was like to be during that time to now say, oh, I'm not going to spend any money when we say easily. we got so many ways we're shopping online, you know, from our phones. And we don't even realize it. So, but I tell you, our, 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 Aurelia, thank you so much for joining us on our show today. We will start this segment later um, on. We bring the show to a close today. But we just want to say thank you again for all that you do and uh, for being our legal correspondent here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. We want you to feel better today as well. I do, but can I leave you with? I want to leave you with a with yes. a quote because I, you know, yes, there's a whole absolutely. lot of Martin Luther King quotes floating around, and I just want to drop one. <laughs> so, yes, <you> know, <laughs> but um, and it and it's about disappointment because I posted on my social media profile that I was disappointed in the process, right. and Martin right. Luther King said, "We must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope." So that mm. means that, you know, there's yeah. still hope, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's what, what a great and apropos that you shared with us. We must accept uh, disappointment. What was the what was the word for disappointment? What, finite what disappointment. The, yeah. It's finite, yes, right, finite. right. But infinite, that's right. We always have that's to keep right. alive. That's right. That's right, <laughs> that's absolutely. Right. Well, thank you. You guys can tune in to Aurelia every first Tuesday here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. You can go to WealthySistersRadio.com, click there on our featured correspondence, and you will see our legal correspondent there, Ms. Aurelia Mitchell Durant, out of Atlanta doing some powerful things, Esquire. Uh, we're so honored to have her here. And, and we're going to bring on board our next uh, business strategist. She is new to Wealthy Sisters Radio. We have to give just a round of applause for joining the team here. And I tell you, she is also such a special person to me as well. And I'm just so fortunate and grateful to have such dynamic individuals around me. And she is definitely one as well, Ms. Sharin Ross Ingram who is calling in live from Chicago. She is, as I said, she's come on board as our new business strategist. Uh, she is an attorney, as I say, Esquire JD. Uh, she is is one that has built so many organizations. This woman has over 100, I think 100, she's probably at 150,000 Twitter followers now. And uh, just I'm recommendations on LinkedIn, almost probably over 100 now. So that just lets you know how powerful she is. So we have her here on with us, and she's also part of the Wealthy Sisters family. Sharon Ross Ingram, are you there? I am here, Deborah. How are you? Yes, wonderful, wonderful. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us, and a welcome to the Wealthy Sisters family. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yes, indeed. You know, and as we, we're talking about today uh, on this show, you know, it's a special segment that we've been talking about, and uh, we wanted to just kind of bring in, we had earlier Professor Phillips broadcasting with us live from his class, communications class. We've been talking about the power of an effective communication strategy and also the importance of having a strategy in place, as we can see how all of this has played out, you know, with this case, uh, with no indictment, how everything was 
was was they I'm sure made that decision that this is how we are not going to indict this officer. He is not down for this. Let's get our strategy together. Now that's me. I'm saying this here. I'm Deborah. I'm saying this. That's my opinion, and I'm saying this here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. So. Uh, but now we see that strategy that was put in place uh, and how it revealed itself. So kind of just talk about, you know, to our audience the power and the importance, as, as we talk about all the time, of putting that uh, strategy in place to to have your case stand. And, 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 and as it relates to us as business owners, that power of that strategy. Well, you know, Deborah, it's a hugely important topic, you know, applied mm-hmm. to any endeavor and any cause, and it's often ignored um, in the heat of passion. And that is honestly, you know, figuring out or, or at least making a decision either collectively if it's involving a group or obviously individual in the case of, say, a business owner, you know, what is the ultimate goal? I mean, really, what is it can we articulate? Is it just about justice and how are we defining it? Is it just about, um, you know, economic empowerment? How are we defining that? All of that goes together for me and really it seems like it would be an easy task to decide what the ultimate outcome really is, but often it's not because when you get clarity about what you want the outcome to be, now you have Mm -hmm. something to truly evaluate or or measure your your actions, your tactics, if you will, against. And is it really working to that ultimate end? So mm-hmm. when I just look at the you know, the the whole idea of, of you know having a strategy for your business, you know, most people will say, you know, well, I just need to make some money. I need to do that. But I mean, is that really the ultimate end? Because there's a million ways to make a million dollars. You're picking one of them. Why this mm-hmm. one? So mm-hmm. when you really think about him, whether it be, you know, the Michael Brown verdict or just in business, I mean, what do you really want to accomplish? And then once we're agreeing on the, the ultimate goal, so to speak, now let's look at all of the ways in which we can go about achieving that goal and then figure out what our talents are best suited for in terms of each one of those particular strategies and go in that direction. And I'm mm-hmm. not one anymore. I mean, if you look my way of approaching strategic planning has evolved so greatly over the years, and it has a lot to do with, you know, the shorter, shorter, shorter uh, attention span that we seem to have. But when we first started in the business of strategic planning, um, just even maybe say 15 years ago, you know, it was important to have our roadmap, you know, have our 10-year goals, our five-year goals, and things like that. Now we operate in my business with many of our clients based on three- and six-month goals. And just, you know, getting to that uh, level of achievement. I mean, always having a vision of the bigger plan, but in Mm -hmm. terms of the the actual um, day-to-day strategy that we're implementing, we're taking a very, very short-term approach to that because everything is so dynamic. And I don't know if it's truly more dynamic than it used to be. It's just that with the Internet, and social media, we hear or see or can experience the changes so much sooner. So okay. taking in that feedback and then altering or rather I should say fine-tuning or uh, adjusting the strategy to that ultimate outcome. 
So that's a long-winded way of simply saying, know what you really want, and then look at all the options for getting there, and then choose the option that truly is best suited to your strengths. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and we can see, you know, as I said, this is my opinion. I'm saying this. We could, we could see that, uh, as I said in the beginning, they obviously said this is, this is something that we cannot allow, you know, this officer to be punished for. So what is the best strategy for us to get to that end goal, as you're saying? And what did they do? They, they, this prosecutor, of course, that they wanted, did not want. Most people said he should not have been a part of this whole process because of uh, his father, you know, being uh, his father's life, who was a, who was a police officer who was taken by uh, a black male, and also the fact of the relationships that he had with the force there, that he was just not a good person to be in place for this. And, and then for him not to make any suggestions on any type of charges, but to leave it up to the lay personnel who was his grand jury that was picked. So all of that whole strategy, you know, is 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 what is a result of what we see today. So as what you're saying, Sharon, what is our end goal? What is your end goal? And look at what are the best tools and the best way that you can effectively make that happen. And then also questions. Uh, it, answer, ask the right questions so that you can have the answers within the strategy. Would you would you say that that is important too as well when you when you're building a strategy? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the better the question, the better the answer, and the better the mm-hmm. answer, the better the results. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why I'm you know I kind of start with the whole, what is it that you really want? And mm-hmm. to be honest, um, in my strategy approach, the next question is why do you want it? <laughs> because you know you got to be clear about why you why you're going after what you're going after because if it's not something where the why is bigger than just this momentary emotional response you're having you know it'll be your latest fad you know like the new diet you're trying out on January 1 and by February right. you're back to old habits i mean it just won't have the staying power um, that it would have if that why isn't big enough for you. So, yeah, asking the right questions is hugely important. And, and then, of course, making yourself answer them no matter how simplistic they seem. And then mm-hmm. and then the next part of that, obviously, is having someone challenge that for you because mm-hmm. you can come up with an easy answer and that you're still operating with, but if no one is making you dig deeper, um, it's mm-hmm. going to be a superficial answer in many of the cases, which will lead to superficial results. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Absolutely. Well, you know, it 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 is definitely, as we said, you know, this case uh, is is proven to me. It, it just spoke to me even more the importance of having a strategic plan in place. And and as you, as everyone who watched it, and you can go Google it. And those who haven't, you've seen it. You could see as he was speaking. It, it, to me, I don't know. Maybe it was just me, but to as this this prosecutor was speaking, it was like he was answering, like I said, every question or trying to, attempting to answer every question that anyone would ask uh, as to why or how they were going to allow this officer not to be charged or not to even go through a trial, you know, for this 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 killing this young man. So um, it's it's definitely another way for us to see, you know, the power of strategy and having that strategy in place. 
Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he knew he was going to be under, you know, a microscope, so he better have an answer, hopefully in his mind a good one, but an answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, Sharon Ross Ingram, we are so excited to have you here with us on Wealthy Sisters Radio. We're letting the audience know that they can look forward to your segment every fourth Tuesday. And if they miss it, they miss us live here on Tuesdays at 11 a.m., they can always catch it on WealthySistersRadio.com and also learn all about you at the feature correspondence. Anything you'd like to leave our audience with today? Sharon, as we um, yeah, and, and and thanks for the opportunity to do that. You know, um, emotions are running really high, mm-hmm. as as mm-hmm. we knew they would, and and it would have been going that way no matter which way the verdict went. You know, if it went, mm-hmm. you know, as the way we wanted, and then there was an indictment, um, mm-hmm. you know, then there would be outrage on the other side. I mean, someone's not going to be happy. I just hope that somewhere in our hearts, you know, we can really just come to some sort of peace even though we don't understand why things are the way they are and we don't and we may not even know just yet what the proper response is going to be but just you know just 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 know that I truly believe at least in my in, in my heart everything is you know happening for a reason of sorts and it will all work out for the betterment of all as long as we just stay together and work together so that's where mm-hmm. I'll, I'll leave it for right now Mm-hmm, absolutely, and it, and we kind of spoke a little bit about that as uh, finding ways to help teach our children more about the importance of um, just yes. the community yes. of sense, but but the importance of us coming together and them using their power and all of the technology that we have uh, today yes. in, in, in moving forward with this as well. So thank you so much, Sharon. We look forward to your segments and uh, continue to have a most powerful day and, and happy Thanksgiving to you and the family as well. And to you as well. And to you as well. Thanks. Talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So that was Sharon Ross Ingram joining us uh, live here from Chicago. As we said, there you can go to WealthySistersRadio.com and find her there under Featured Correspondence, as uh, we have all of our, she is our new business strategist here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. Again, I want to say thank you so much to all of our guests who have joined us today, Professor Frank Phillips with his communications class, who joined us, and then also attorney Aurelia Mitchell Durant, who is our legal correspondent here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. And uh, speaking of Aurelia Mitchell, she had a prepared a segment for us today, a short segment that uh, we want to play as well as we've been talking about this whole power of communications and the power of strategic planning here uh, in response to this Michael Brown case. So we're going to listen to this, and then we'll come back and wrap up this special segment today of Wealthy Sisters Radio. This is Aurelia Mitchell Durant Esquire, and this is the Wealthy Sisters Media Group radio show legal segment. Today I'm going to take a bit of a departure, and I'm going to explain the significance of an indictment. Why is this an issue? This is an issue in the wake of the controversial decision not to return an indictment in the Michael Brown case uh, in Missouri. Now, briefly stated, a indictment is where is returned when a grand jury of peers from the community are convened uh, for the purpose of hearing facts and circumstances related to an incident. In this incident, it was the death of Michael Brown. 
there is a lesser standard of proof in terms of returning the indictment, which means that the return of an indictment could happen um, and could happen, and even if an indictment is returned, that doesn't necessarily mean that the accused, in this instance the officer, is going to be found guilty of the charge. It just means that there's enough substance and circumstantial evidence to lead to the charge. So a lot of the protest is that the indictment could have been returned and the officer could have been given uh, the opportunity to defend his actions with a jury of his peers. And in some instances that would have given some peace or some bit of validation to Michael Brown and all of the supporters across the country and everyone in the United States that was looking closely at this particular incident. So the reason why I offer that as part of the radio show segment is that it's important to understand that we live under the rule of law and that it is our system of laws that governs how we run our business and how we live our lives. And the legal process is made up by lawmakers who promulgate laws that are to be in the best interest of the community. So I offer that to say that get involved, understand what the rule of law is, understand how it affects your business, what could happen so that you are not on the other side of the law and even if you are on the other side of the law, you understand what the process is. In this instance, there's some commentary that the, that, that the system didn't work, that the process did not work, that it was flawed. But I offer that to you as a point of education. I offer that to your sons as a teachable moment to teach them about what the system of law is in this country that we live in. This has been Aurelia Mitchell Durant, and this has been the Wealthy Sisters Media Group Radio Show Legal Segment. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much, Aurelia, for that special edition here. As we know, you can always hear Aurelia on the first Tuesdays in the month, and you can find more on Aurelia Mitchell Durant at Wealthy Sisters Radio right there. Click on our featured correspondence. Well, I tell you, this has been a powerful show today. Thank you again to all of you who've downloaded, who are tuning in, who are listening live with us in the chat room. We certainly appreciate you. And just, you know, as in closing, just want to say that we want to wish you a very, very uh, happy Thanksgiving and, and just thank you so much for just being a part of the Wealthy Sisters Radio family. I just cannot say to you how much I appreciate you and how grateful I am just to have you taking the time out to to listen to our show and to find value in what we bring to you every week here for the past five years. And I know we would not be here without you. So I am truly grateful uh, as we close here on our very special Thanksgiving uh, Eve show, as we say, well, I guess a few, few days here before Thanksgiving, you know, it's It's just always important as we close with our power thought. You know, today we've heard from experts all around this topic of the power of strategic communications, the power in building a strategy, and uh, just really, really encourage us to take the time in, in everything that we're doing in our businesses. You know, I just... I just want to speak more to the fact as to why we do what we do here at Wealthy Sisters Radio, why it's important to me to be here for you every week, to provide the best in resources for your business, 
so that we can have that economic movement, that economic empowerment. Just imagine what you can really do if you have the right information, you have access to information, you have access to things that you can continue to build your your business and to be able to create that legacy, those financial legacies, that wealth creation, wealth of mindset, wealth of health, and of course, the wealth of the purse that you can leave behind for your generations to come so that they can be empowered and not have to make choices because of a lack of income or because of a lack of access. That's why we do what we do here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. So I encourage you to tell everybody about this show. You know, tell everybody like you tell everybody, and we talk about those other shows that come on television, and and I get entertainment. We need entertainment. I understand that. It's so important. I love music. That's why we talk about R&B, and we play R&B songs here on Wealthy Sisters Radio because I love R&B. I do. But we definitely need to make sure that we take time to circle and to surround ourselves with the positive because our children are seeing this. Our young ladies are seeing this. That's why we have to provide this platform here every day, every week uh, here at Wealthy Sisters Radio so that you can see the positive, that there are alternatives. And as Aurelia Mitchell Durant said to the ratchetness that we see, uh, if if I might use that word, it's, 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 of nothing of redeeming value, and this is what we bring here to you every week of value. It may not be a subject matter that relates to you one week, but there's something we make sure that you can get out of the show that's going to be positive every week for you. So thank you so much for tuning in. Again, I encourage you to spread the word, continue to spread the word about Wealthy Sisters Radio as we are here for you. We are independent business owners. But we are interdependent. We need each other. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we're going to close out our show today with one of my favorite songs from none other than Mr. Stevie Wonder. I think I had to play him last week as well. But love, the world is in need of love today. Yes, that's Stevie Wonder. We're closing out with him. Friendly announcer, I have serious news to pass on to everybody. What I'm about to say couldn't mean the world's disaster, could change your joy and
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.